0: Lord, we uh, think of these, these things that we've prayed about today and, and uh, my brother uh, Jerry as he's trying to heal up and pray for Peggy that she's going to be able to, to uh, uh, take care of him as he gets home. I pray, Lord, for Craig and, and for Lou and, and I pray for Chris. Lord, and I pray for each of us today. Help us, Lord, to uh, have our, our attention focused solely upon you. Upon your word, Lord, get me out of the way that you might work. If there's something that would not bring uh, honor and glory to you, strike it from my mind and my lips, I pray in your son's name. Amen. Here's a flash. Evil wants to get a hold of you. Evil wants to grab you by the sh- feet and shake the stew out of you. If we have a shaky start or a messy middle, God wants us to finish strong. First Chronicles four, nine through 10. There was a man named Jabez who was more honorable than any of his brothers. His mother named him Jabez because his birth had been so painful. He was the one who prayed to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and expand my territory. Please be with me in all that I do and keep me from all trouble and pain. And God granted him his request. I want us, as we complete this prayer, to focus on the last part of Jabez prayer and it's keep me from all trouble and pain he decided to that he needed God's power to keep him from failing and and you can see as we move from bless me indeed to enlarge my territory to uh, help me be an influence for you in my world to now keep me from pain and he moved in faith as he needed God's power and favor in his life. Now, as he walks in faith and stood for God, the enemy, the devil, Satan, comes after him. And that's kind of, for us, business as usual, friends. In the Christian life, and and to not get this is to miss the fact that we are in a spiritual battle. We, we really are. He, he, there's nothing that he would want more for you as Christians. What, he, he, doesn't, he, doesn't, uh, he doesn't just want you to sin. Uh, he, he's got that one covered. He wants to destroy you. He wants to grab the minds and the hearts of young people and get them tangled up in all kinds of things. We're going to talk about a battle that, that's being waged Against all of us, but especially against our young people, the battle of the of the uh, the world and the flesh, and he wants to take us out. He would rather us commit suicide to kill ourselves than to continue serving God. You know, we we certainly would be promoted to heaven, and that's a whole nother message sometime. But but at least we aren't there uh, if we get if he gets us out of the way. We're not going to be there uh, working for the cause of Christ. The Bible in Ephesians 6 tells us to put on the armor of God so we can stand against his schemes, the devil's schemes. 1 Peter 5.8 tells us to be sober and vigilant because the devil is prowling around. He's like a roaring lion and he wants to devour us. He's wanting to devour the Christians. And because our adversary is real, we have to comprehend what Jabez is asking here. He's he's asking for the same thing Jesus prayed in Matthew 6. In 6.13, he says, And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. That was Jesus' prayer for us. And he's teaching us to pray that God will keep temptation away. And Jabez is saying, Keep away the things that will cause me to fail. Keep me from from anything that is, that's even remotely possible of failing and, and help me to avoid them. So God, is, is as, as God begins to bless our lives, friends, and the enemy strengthens his attack, that's when the struggles are going to start coming. You get faithful for God. He's going to attack you in your wallet. He's going to attack you in your job. He's going to attack you in your home. He's going to attack your children you have grown children you have adult children he's gonna start attacking them he's gonna attack your relationship between you and your spouse he's gonna be faithful get ready for it understand that this is his plan and don't succumb pray that God would keep you from that pain pray that he would he would help you to avoid any of that that's going to come against you so I want to speak to the areas of temptation in our lives right now and. And Jabez's focus here is, God, you have to keep me from trouble and pain. And, and my plea is, I don't, want to hurt my family. I, I don't want to hurt my family. I don't want to hurt my family. I uh, don't want to hurt my wife. It kills me when I do something because of a thoughtless thing that I say. And my pride doesn't let me say, forgive me. You guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. And, and, and to... To be able to, yesterday, I got to hold this, and I put it on Facebook because I, I, I'm bragging about my grand, great-grandkids. This, this great-grandbaby, you know, fussing, and I got to hold her and she fell asleep on me. Ah, there isn't anything better than that, right? Grandpa, grandma, great, greats. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's fantastic. I don't want to do anything to hurt this little one. I don't want to do anything to hurt my family here. But the battle's on. And the first two battles, the world and the flesh, I want to talk about that. And the, and the battles are, keep me. Lord, keep me. In our text, the word keep means to, it's a verb, it means to protect. And Jabez is asking to keep uh, him hedged under God's umbrella of protection. The Bible tells us that people can't, don't grow in their faith like they should because of the cares of the world and they've hindered their faith Take, from taking root and not being able to produce spiritual fruit. The Bible says that we are also to crucify the flesh and its lusts. So what, areas of tempta- what are the areas of temptation that the enemy knows will trip us up? What are those areas? 1 Corinthians 10.13 says the temptation in your life are no different from what others experience. So there's nothing new that you're going through that people haven't gone through before. And God's faithful, and He's not going to allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. He's there before you. In fact, He's bearing that for you. And when you're tempted, He's going to show you a way out so you can, uh, so you can endure. I grew up being an old guy. I grew up on, on uh, TV westerns. And let me explain a tactic of the devil called the ambush. And ambush, by definition, means concealed to attack by surprise. I remember as a kid we had four TV channels, uh, four TV stations that we could get and uh, usually on Saturday night was when all the westerns came on. And by Saturday night my my father had already uh, exceeded the normal limit of uh, adult beverage so I would watch with him, and he would be talking to the TV. Now I mean, not he he, he would he talk, but he wasn't just talking. He'd be yelling at the TV, and 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 so he'd be and he I don't know if he was just so so buzzed that he figured they could hear him, but but he would he would start yelling at him, you know. And and here comes the good guy because he's got the white hat, and the bad guys had the black hats, and he starts yelling at him. He says, "Behind the rock." Behind the rock! And he'd get out of his chair and he'd stand up and they'd say, you dummy, they're behind the rock! And then he'd say, son, go get me a beer and I'll tell you where they went wrong. And so, uh, that was dad. And that I grew up on those westerns. And he'd tell them, the good guys, that an ambush was apparent. And that's precisely how the enemy operates. He tempts us and then blindsides us with an overwhelming desire that lures us away from everything that's near and dear to the heart of God. Unfortunately, many men find this out too late or fail to heed the warnings that God rings out. And an ambush is a sneak attack. In a war or backyards, in a snow fort, uh, the, the ask, ask Ben about the snow wars with his kids in his, in his yard. It's, it's hilarious. Uh, Joy was so full of it, uh, so had her fill of it, she, she went back in the house. She didn't, she didn't mess with it. But it, it's, it's funny to listen to Ben tell the story about the snow fight. The ambush comes from a Latin word meaning to place in a wood. And it's a hiding place in the woods behind a tree, which is the classic ambush point for the bad guy. And he's sophisticated. He's really sophisticated. Let me tell you about the ambush. And you guys, you men, I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. I don't care how spiritual you think you are. The enemy's going to attack you and he will ambush you, the ambush of another woman. And the world and the flesh tempt us to sin. An interview was conducted of 246 Christian men, many of whom were in... Uh, Christian service. And they were ambushed in this area and they found without question all of them had four of the same characteristics. The first thing is they didn't have a close friend who kept them accountable. You don't have a guy that you can, that you can talk to that will, that will hold you accountable for your life and your actions. You're opening yourself up for a real attack. Each of these guys quit having daylight quiet times with god they didn't spend time alone in the word they didn't spend time praying with god and the devil tacked they were spending significant time alone with a woman during the day my door is usually open if it's closed my wife is outside Um, i uh... i think that it's very very important that we hold these uh... any any meeting that you have with a woman uh... as a businessman you ought to have another person another woman or yourself another another guy to just just to protect her as well as yourself all of these guys the fourth thing all these guys absolutely were convinced it was never going to happen to them i mean my wife is just the perfect ten my wife is this my wife is that we're so happy we've got these wonderful kids and grandkids Never put yourself guys in a position where you're talking with a lady by yourself. It's, it's, it, it, it's, it can be disastrous. Keep your office door open all the time. There's the ambush of money. Again the world and the flesh tempt us to use money wrongly. Money by itself is not evil. Nothing wrong with money. There's many Christians who God has blessed financially who have not only followed God's principles of money that have used this as a way of being a blessing to other people, and we have we have a number of, of folks in the church that have been blessed financially, and they are generous to a fault First Timothy 6:10 says, "For the love of money, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, and some people craving money have wandered from the tr- what true faith and pierced themselves. With many sorrows. So it's not the money that's evil, but if a person becomes greedy, they're going to stray from it. Greed for money goes out the window when we realize God provides for us. God takes care of our needs, not necessarily our greeds. Every once in a while, He'll sneak a greed in. But when we are faithful, God's going to bless. Well, how come this guy has this and I don't have it? Well, maybe you're not faithful. Maybe God chooses to bless you in another way. Maybe if you had all kinds of money you would be irresponsible in how you handled it. As we walk with God in obedience He's going to provide. And man He has provided for us. Uh, time and time and time again He has provided for us. Blew an engine in a car. Didn't know, we didn't have any savings account. Had a, had a Two kids in, in school and, and I didn't get a paycheck. I mean, we had to raise, you know, we, we ate what we killed. And so we didn't have any extra. How in the world do we have, we have we have this one car that I've got to travel in? How are we going to, I don't have the money, how's it going to happen? And a church says, you know what, John, we're going to take an off, offering and we're going to start raising money for your engine. And, and the checks started coming in. That was a week, and, and we had a brand new engine in our car. That was of God. That was of God. God's given us the ability to make the money, and it, there, it, it belongs to Him, and then we give, it back, give back what God tells us to and supply for the needs of our family. So we got the ambush of another woman, the ambush of money, the ambush of a neglected family. The first two have shipwrecked many a home, but this is so subtle, most of the time it fails to get counted. I've known many Christian men who have placed their work and their hobbies in front of their faith and their family. And I've heard of preachers who have placed the church and the wants of the church members and sacrificed their kids and they excuse it with, for, you know, the cause of Christ. An old preacher's wife once proudly, she did, she did she was bragging about this. She said, God's ministry always came first. It always came first. We gladly sacrificed our family on the altar of ministry and we would do it all over again. All four of their kids turned from God. All four of their kids have been divorced. Their children were also plagued with, with all kinds of problems. Their only daughter at last count, was on husband number five. And she had a child from each one of them. Listen up, guys. Men. Granddads. Our calling and responsibility is job one. Our ministry is our family. I love you guys, but Sarita's always going to trump you. Always. Uh, When she doesn't, she's given me permission. (laughs) This is what we've been entrusted with, and it's the greatest gift God could give us besides Jesus. And listen to what the Bible tells us about our wives and children. Peter Peter says in 1 Peter 3.7, he says, In the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives... Honor. Honor is a, is a word of, of respect, a word of, of placing them kind of on that pedestal. And treat your wife with understanding as you live together. Okay, show of hands, man. Show of hands. How many of you guys, come out? and I, I want to see some hands. How many of you guys really understand your wife? Anybody? really understand your wife liars won't be there my brother <laughs> I've lived with this woman fifty years and I don't have a clue I, I really I don't. Oh, you know I get the little things you know I know not to send a uh, anniversary card love from the both of us I I know I know I know that she expects she likes gifts she likes baubles I know that but there's little subtleties that she keeps changing on me. And they do it on purpose, guys. Oh, Yeah, once once we have them figured out, they shuffle the deck. It's not fair. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. I'm not her boss. She's not my boss. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. You having a tough time at home, guys? Things aren't going right? <laughs> well, you aren't treating your wife right. You say your prayers aren't being answered. You're not treating your wife right. This this isn't me. I'm I'm just I'm hey, don't shoot me. I'm just the preacher. That's what the Bible says. So God's greatest reward to us as men is to be a daddy best thing that we can be and that's His reward to us. And we're, only the, the, and we're the only one that our children will have and we need to give our kids and our grandkids life direction. And that's okay, Mom. She's just fine. When I can't preach over a kid, I'll quit. <laughs> Ladies, you're not exempt. You're not exempt. The devil attacks your heart and will attack your mind. Look at the life of Eve. Attack your heart and your mind. And he's so very, very subtle. James says, Lord, I know these battles in the world and the real are, and the flesh are real. But don't let me fall like other men. Keep me away from them. The constant, second thing is the constant struggle of evil. The ever-present war with, with evil is not going to leave us until we get to heaven. So Jabez... Like Jesus is showing us not only to pray to keep me from evil or pray to keep me from evil or lead me not into temptation but deliver me from that evil. The word evil, kakos, means whatever is evil in character. It's like a malignancy. It's what's evil in influence and effect. Psalm 1, 2 says, but they delight in the law of the Lord meditating on it day and night. That's how we do it stay in the word have a hunger to grow in God's word prepare your heart for godliness and stay away from sin when Jesus died for our sin he knew the presence of the evil one would always be with us and so the idea of temptation is not that it goes away but we learn to actively say no to it their this lifestyle can only happen when we surrender to prayer and study the word of God and remember Jabez became a Hebrew scholar even though he was from the tribe of Judah. And scribes became the leaders of Israel in that day, and they they thought so much of the man of God, they named the town after him. This act of denial of temptation leads to a life of an active pursuit of holiness in our personal lives. Psalm 119 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. You stumble around in the dark, You know the the the, uh, that's why God gave us a little toe, so we could find furniture in the dark. You know, uh, I'm expecting one of these days to have bunny bunny slippers with headlights in them, so I can see where I'm going. But God's word guides us. It's a lamp to our feet. It shows us the path that we're to go. And evil is always going to be present. And Job was one of the greatest saints to ever live besides Jabez and and to listen to what he says about God's Word stands on this subject. Job 28.28 says, and this is what he says to all humanity, the fear, and that's reverential awe, the fear of the Lord is true wisdom, to forsake evil is real understanding. Are you able to escape... The pull of sin today. I mean, we we have all kinds of things that are good things. It's, it's, not, it's not just, it's not just the, the ugliness of life that is sinful. Ah, oh, the the devil is so, so incredibly subtle. The things that he uses to trip us up. He can use anything, and and he delights he delights in people he delights in the fact that that one little thing gets said out of context and we blow up and then the devil has us or our kids our kids will do something incredibly stupid and, and you, you, there's, there's, no, there's no rationale you can't reason with them they're adults they're not going to listen and you say, "What am I going to do?" And we learned today in in, uh, in the Bible study, you know, the uh, lean not unto our own understanding, but in all ways acknowledge God, and He'll make our paths straight. So I don't understand. I don't. I, I don't. I don't understand sometimes if, if my if my kids grow hay, go haywire or they do something and I don't agree with them. It's not my problem. I don't have to worry about it. That's God's taking care of that. My responsibility is to be that dad, that steady hand when they come and say, hey, Pop, what should I do? And then you say, well, do you really want to know? Because you're not really going to listen to me anyway, but do you really want to know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you tell them. And it's heartbreaking when you give them this, this, these pearls of wisdom. I mean, they, the, because when you hit 60, you, you, get, you get really, really smart. Amen. 65, you get dumb again. Yeah. <laughs> but but the, the, the thing is that you, you, you pour out these pearls of wisdom on these kids and the grandkids, and they don't take your advice. They do the complete opposite of what you said, this might be a good thing for you to do and it breaks your heart. Yet God says, don't lean on your own understanding. You lean on me. Acknowledge me in everything. And I'll straighten out the route. I'll straighten out that path. I'll give you the bunny slippers with the headlights on them so you're not going to run into furniture. And, and his promises are 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 good and godly and complete. You know, concluding, the Bible tells us that God granted him what he requested. God says, these are good requests, Jabez. Man, these are stellar asks. And I wonder, as we conclude this, this message, if you'll take, take these, these requests of Jabez to heart and they become our prayer as well. You know, like Jabez, it doesn't matter if you had a shaky start or that that messy middle. God wants us to finish strong. And the the Bible records over a thousand men in leadership positions. And I want to give three categories of how these men finished. Some finished poorly. That means they started well but something happened in their lives and failure entered into it. Solomon neglected his wife, and threw away his faith. Eli neglected his son. Saul threw away his faith and his family. They finished poorly. They finished so-so. This means they didn't complete what God called them to do. Hezekiah was one of them. David threw away his family, and both of these men limped across the finish line. And some finished strong. I want my epitaph to read, he finished well. Rocky start, messy middle, but I want to finish strong. These men were walking with God. They were giants of the faith. Joseph, Job, Elijah, Joshua, Caleb, and Jabez. So so the question is, How do you want to finish, friends? How do you want men and women and kids? How do you want to finish? Do you want to finish strong? Are you going to be ambushed? Or will you pray like Jabez, you would keep me from evil that I might not cause pain? Don't let us hurt our families, Lord, or desert our faith. Lord Jesus, please help us all to finish strong. And I'm I'm of the of the mind that we certainly can do that. You know as we finish this 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 series God uh, God wants us to pray these things. You know, bless me, Lord bless me indeed lord uh, i want to be uh, i want to be a person of influence for you and you can influence men and women and young people tonight we're going to have a bunch of little hooligans coming in here and we are going to be able to influence these children for the cause of Christ we see right in the front row an influencer in the life of this little one thank you my brother for being who you are for that little one we are able to we're able to be people who who are who are asking to be with me in all I do Expand my territory. But Lord, keep me from trouble and keep me from pain. And I pray that I will not be an embarrassment to Jesus Christ. That my life won't be an embarrassment to Jesus Christ. Are you with me? Are you with me? Where what you say and what you do and the people that you associate with are the things that you do and say pleasing to God? Or do you embarrass him? Lord Jesus, I, I thank you for I thank you for your your love for me. Thank you for my lo- your love for my family here and at home. Lord, I know that uh, many times we will, we will uh, uh, live out a day and we, our foot slips and we sin. Lord, give us the courage to uh, confess that sin. And Lord, to have that assurance that we know because of what you did on the cross, you've forgiven us. Lord, if there's one here today that does not know Jesus as their personal Savior, may this be the day that they pray, Lord Jesus, I don't understand it all, but I ask you in the best way I know how, come into my life and save me. Save me from my sin. Save me from sin and save me to you. Lord, I believe when you died on the cross, you died in my place, that I could live with you forever in heaven, and I thank you for that. The prayer doesn't save you, my friend, but if that's in your heart... You truly are a new creature in Christ. A new creation. See, so say, John, I've, I, uh, I've, I really have kind of sort of lived on the edge of shipwreck and, and I want to do something about that. Understand this prayer of Jabez. Go to it every day this week. Pray that prayer. God is going to restore your relationship with Him church said amen